Greetings, family. I am so excited to be back with you. Excited that we are going to unpack an incredible subject matter on this episode, and my heart is burning with what the Lord will say to us during this time. I want to encourage you guys, if you are not already following me on social media, that you would go and that you would like my page. It is my name, Antoine Braggs. No matter where you're listening from all over the world, I'm telling you most of the things that we do in ministry to encourage beyond this platform and to empower beyond this platform, we do it on Facebook. And so we're excited about that. I know it's antiquated for so many people, but for us, it is fresh and it continues to innovate. And so we're excited about the innovation. We also have on Clubhouse, we have a room on Clubhouse called The Threshing Floor. We are about to open another house on Clubhouse. It's going to be an exciting time. Those of you that's listening for the for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. And those of you that have listened to me many times and that you follow my ministry also on social media, we want to say thank you so much for your ongoing support. And you're probably wondering, he didn't tell us about a, another house being added to the clubhouse well there are surprises coming as we prepare in private so we have learned over the course of time through wisdom through failure to not always announce what we're doing until we're in the in the ending stages of it and we're prepared to market it so you're going to be excited about what's coming i'm excited about it so i know you are too because many of you guys are following closely and not from afar Again, if this is your very first time tuning into our broadcast, I appreciate you for coming on to Salutations and Impartations. You know, Salutations is when you greet someone from another level. And so I'm greeting you from another level. I want you to know that if you are with us, God is calling you higher as he calls us higher. And then the impartation, man, I tell you, I am. I tell people all the time, I'm the culmination of a, a myriad of impartations that have happened down through the years in my life. There have been many incredible leaders that have poured into me, some indirectly, some directly, some through books, some through sitting under their leadership, but they have all impacted me and I am who I am today because of the impact of great people. I'll never stop honoring people. And so that's why I felt very strongly that as God he told us at the beginning of this year that this was the year of restoration and maturation. That on one hand, he would be restoring us. And on another side of the coin, he would be maturing us. And if you know anything about Father God, if you know anything about Holy Spirit, if you know anything about Jesus Christ, you can never, you can never amass what he has in mystery. And what I mean by that is that though we recognize that one side of the coin says restoration and another side of the coin says maturation, in the middle there are surprises that, that we could not even fathom. But following him is, is an adventure and he always has incredible surprises for the people that follow him closely. This is why I love him so much because the adventure just continues. The more willing you are to submit in year. The more willing you are to submit and yield is the more you unlock levels of adventure in God. And it never gets boring when you're following God closely. So I'm very excited about today. I'm going to be talking to you about the power of covenant relationships. 
Now I'm gonna use one of my favorite characters and if you've been following me anytime in ministry, you know that my favorite character, I heard some of you already say it, my favorite character is David. David is one of my favorites. Next to Jesus, I tell you what, listen, David is a pioneer. He is so instrumental in bringing us into this new covenant. He is so instrumental with his lineage. I mean, David opened up to us and showed us humanity and he showed us the weak spaces in humanity, but he showed us divinity. He showed us what it's like to chase the heart of God. And so that's why I said nobody next to nobody next to Jesus is is just grabs my attention the most than David does. You know, when Jesus came out and he came through 42 generations, he said, I'm the son of David. And that thing, that thing right there gets down in your heart. And you really realize that there was something going on very, very significant between David and the Lord. So I want to unpack David's life just a little bit, not going too deep because I want to focus in and hone in on the power of covenant relationships. I want to point out and show some relationships that David had. I want to show some shifts in relationships. And I know that somebody, God is about to change your life by changing your relationships. That was enough right there for you to, you listen, you can come off a lunch break. You can listen. Some of you might want to stop jogging to start walking, take a deep breath because your relationships are about to change your life. Relationships are so important. This is the reason why even when we deal with the Godhead, it's relational. It's the relationship with Father. It's the relationship with Holy Spirit. It's the relationship with Jesus Christ that makes the difference. It's not the religion. It's not just reading. It's not just praying. It's about the intimacy that you share with them in the process as you build relationship. So we're talking again today about the power of covenant relationships. So I'm going to go over to 1 Samuel if you have your Bibles. If you would turn there, but if you're just now listening to me, you're on your lunch break, you don't need to grab your Bible. I got you covered. Don't feel guilty about it. That's why I'm here. And that's why we've come on this platform right here. You just need to listen. Okay. So first passage of scripture that I'm going to unpack is 1 Samuel chapter number 18 verses 1 through 8. And I'm going to be reading this, of course, from the Amplified Version. We've been spending a lot of time in the Amplified Version. So I want to read this in your hearing from the Amplified Version. It amplifies the meaning. So when David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was bonded to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as himself. Saul took David that day and did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan stripped himself of the outer robe that he was wearing and gave it to David with his armor bearer, including his sword, his bow, and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him, and he acted wisely and prospered. And Saul appointed him uh, over the men of war, and it pleased all the people and also Saul's servants. As they were coming home, when David returned from killing the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, songs of joy, and musical instruments. The women sang as they played and danced, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousand. Then Saul became very angry for this saying, displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands. 
but to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Saul looked at David with suspicion and jealousy from that day forward. Now, I this this story is so mind-boggling because the first thing I tell you what let me just let me just walk through a few things before I even read another passage of scripture because I want to take it even further and go on from 9 through 19 but before I do that because I want to pace myself because I think it's so important for us to kind of process where David is in his life at this time so where David is in his life um, I want to tell you that he was not necessarily favored by his father wasn't treated the best so can you imagine when a king notices you you know he is he is he is a runt amongst his brothers he he comes down to kill Goliath and then Saul notices him now it's it's crazy because Saul's notice of him is is really interesting you know because David also played the heart for Saul right but but David has transformed by the time Saul sees him and he doesn't even recognize David and asks who is this young lad right and so that relationship could have been a incredible relationship because David valued Saul David honored Saul David never did anything to disrespect Saul even David killing he didn't even kill uh, tens of thousands. The women were chanting and they were just speaking something and celebrating it because he had did what he did to Goliath and they were excited. And sometimes when people are excited, they exaggerate. But their exaggeration should not have made Saul angry with David for no reason. You know, so first off, I want to talk to people that you are missing an opportunity to have covenant relationships with people that are underneath you or people that have come into your life as a resource. You might miss that opportunity because you don't know how to handle them. You don't know how to handle them. And because they are winning in an area does not mean that you are not a necessity to their life and the lives of the people that are around following you guys together. And this is the reason why it's important. I say it all the time to people that you know people that labor amongst you. Now, he should have known based upon David being that David, first of all, being that competent, that focused, and then being that yielded to even go down to the battle and fight somebody that they were all afraid of. So there should have been a level of honor. He should have did beyond what, um, what Jonathan did. Jonathan came into covenant relationship with David. Now, Saul did not seek to have a relationship. He just wanted David as a resource. And we have got to be careful that we are not sacrificing our relationships on the altar of resources. And what do I mean by that? Sometimes when people come into our lives and they bring resources, especially those of us that are senior leaders, we lead movements, we lead churches, we lead businesses. We have got to be careful when God sends us a resource that we don't forfeit the relationship for them only to be a resource. Now, there are people that will come into your life that they did not really come into your life for relationship purposes anyway. They just came into your life as comrades. They want to fight what you are fighting. They want to stand up for a cause that you are standing up for. So when we get people like that, we understand that this is not about covenant. This is about opportunity. And so we treat them as such. But 
But when someone comes into our life and they stand on the battlefield to fight for us when they could be doing it for their own vision, for their own mission, for their own lives, for their own family, but they choose, just like Uriah the Hittite, to stand on the front line for us. Now, I know I've taken you further into David's career and itinerary, so we're not talking about what David did that was wrong, but just because I mentioned it, and you may not be a Bible scholar, or you may not read much of your Bible, so you're wondering, what am I talking about when I talk about Uriah the Hittite, where he was the husband of Bathsheba, who David later married, but he got got her pregnant before he married her, and how he covered it up, or how he sought to cover it up, is he put Uriah the Hittite on the front line to be killed because he would not go home and be with his wife intimately so he could pin the pregnancy on him, right? And so he did something really, really bad. That was also a relationship that David messed up. But we're not talking about that right now as we talk about the power of covenant relationship. We're talking about what could have been and we're talking about what is and what was. Somebody already, you are tremendously blessed by my by, by me expounding on this because you recognize that God has been talking to you about showing yourself friendly. And one of the first ways that God brings you into relationship is when you show yourself friendly. Well, we see it in Jonathan's life that he began to befriend David. He followed his spirit. He followed suit with what he sensed, what he felt. Now, this for David was a restoration. Why do you say that? Because he had biological brothers that didn't respect him, they didn't honor him. Listen, they, they, they didn't even think he was as significant. Kind of like Jesus' brothers, you know, they kind of made a mockery of him. If if every if you know, show yourself to people. If this is who you really are, if this is who if you are who you say you are, then go down and show people who you are. And Jesus was really trying to help them know that it's not my time to do that yet. But they were pushing him because they they didn't believe in him according to the scripture. And so David had brothers that were challenging him when he came down to fight Goliath. They said to him, who have you left those few sheep in the wilderness with? They downsized his ministry because they looked at him as a problem, as a runt, as somebody that should have been taken out when father sent him out to keep the lion and the I mean to keep the sheep and the lion and the bear came he he took them out but they expected those that lion and bear to take him out but he had grown by the time he comes into the palace and Jonathan's rest recognizes his value point number one good relationships always recognize your value good relationships always recognize your value and so let's take a look at formal relationships that were not time wasted because sometimes when we come into good relationships, new relationships, positive relationships, impactful relationships, we then forget about the past where we had past relationships that were just as instrumental to shape us. So Jesse is one of the first uh, relationships as we look at formal relationships that were not time wasted. Well, how can you say that when he treat, he didn't treat David well? Well, Jesse was his discerner. Jesse knew the timing of God. How do you know that? Because Jesse knew that they were challenging, that, that the armies of God had been challenged for 40 days because Jesse was a prominent man in the area. So he knew he had sent his boys down there. He also knew what they were doing and what state they were in. And so when he sends things, when he sends something down to the king, and to those that are there, the captains, when he see, when David takes that down to them, you gotta understand, that's a million people. 
<laughs> you gotta understand, so that's taking a lot. That means that Jesse, it shows that he's wealthy. If you do a study, you'll find out that Jesse was well off anyway. But he takes that down, and he takes that down to them and to feed his brothers and to give something to, he wasn't feeding everybody. He wasn't feeding the whole million, I'm not saying that. But he takes that down to feed them, and then he hears, well, who sent them down there? His father. He knew the timing. He knew that David had kept the sheep. He knew that not one, he knew that what not one sheep had he, he, that his livestock continued to grow. It continued to develop. He knew that not one sheep was out of place. So he understood. He understood and he knew, right? And so he knew the time that if I send David down there, he is going to hear Goliath and he's going to be prepared. So you cannot blame Jesse for not being all David need when he was coming up. Like some of you still blame your parents for, you know, when you were coming up, they didn't give you what you needed. We cannot continue in that vein to blame other people for our, for, for our lack of growth or development in our current lives. What happened to you at 15, it may have been traumatic, it was wrong, may have been hurtful, and you may not have been protected like you should have been protected, but that is not a place or space to blame someone. You have got to learn from that, from that, and maybe you are the person to change that with your children. Maybe you are the person to be the trailblazer, the trendsetter. Maybe you are the person to show what it's like to be a real born-again believer that forgives people that did not handle you well or do you right. But David continued to be honorable towards Jesse. And so Jesse, that form of relationship was not time wasted. Jesse was his discerner. He knew the timing of God on David's life. Well, his brothers were not time wasted. <laughs> you will always have relationships with people who have a love-hate relationship to you because of what they expected to happen to you didn't. In other words, you'll always have people that expected you to stay down the wrong road. They expected you to be problematic. They expected you not to be successful. And then God jumps in the stage in your life and you followed his leadership. And now you are successful in areas where sometimes your blood brothers and sisters and cousins and aunties and uncles and, and sometimes even your parents. That can cause some type of intimidation or jealousy. But it teaches you how to handle haters. Listen, let me tell you something. You don't really learn how to handle haters until you've been hated by someone that came up with you, grew up with you, grew up around you, whether that's a sibling or just a loved one. And so you come to the understanding of loving them unconditionally, even though they don't treat you like you should be treated or value you like you should be valued. So that relationship with his brothers was not wasted. They talked David a whole lot in a little bit of time. And sometimes these type of relationships, they, they are under the impression that you are arrogant and that your call is driven by ambition. You know, I've run into some people that we could have had some really good relationships, but because of their intimidation of my competence or my focus or my following or my influence or my affluence, they, they insinuated that what was happening in my life was arrogance or it was ambition. And so instead of them joining me, pushing me, celebrating me, 
praying for me. They they ended up going on the other sides of the track. And even though that could have been a valuable relationship, could have been a covenant relationship, it did not make the cut simply because they were unwilling to invest in the relationship because they did not see me as somebody that was humble enough to be in relationship with them or they saw it as a competition and not a completion. So you're going to encounter people that see relationships as a competition and not a completion. So I want to say to those of you that are listening to me and you're processing this, don't you be that person and don't you accept when people do that. Listen, don't in any way start to feed into their insecurity. Sometimes you just have to bow out gracefully. You have to act like you don't see it. You know, if it's not causing any trouble in your in your personal life, let it go. You cannot make everyone like you, whether blood or, or, or y'all came in relationship. Now in ministry, people are so competitive that they, they don't like you because of what you're doing that they feel like they should be doing. Okay, so the next thing we see is that he had Samuel. That's another relationship. Now we're talking about the power of covenant relationships. He, what was Samuel to David? Samuel was a mentor. He was a coach. He was a person that had clout in the spirit and he had longevity in the natural. He was able to go through most of the wilderness season with him. Listen, this is your anointer. You're going you're gonna to have people like that. These people are people that are your anointers. You have to really value your anointers. These are people that sometimes come in seasons and stages. They might not stay in your life forever, but they stay in your life at a quantifiable period of time where you needed them to be who they are. They impacted your life, your world. As a result, you are forever changed because of it. We need the anointers. They may not be to you uh, what they could, they may be to somebody else a father, but to you, they're a mentor, they're a coach, they're an encourager to you, but they, they have an impartation that they are able to put in you and upon you that changes your life forever. So you have to be on the lookout for those type of covenant relationships that are incredibly valuable. And um, they know where to locate you for your moment. Listen, Samuel came all the way. This is so blessing me already. Samuel came all the way looking for one young man. He did not know David was the young man he was looking for. But as an anointer, they anointers go out. I feel like I'm anointed to a lot of people. I'm a Samuel to a generation. And so a lot of times God has called me to go into regions. And I recognize that sometimes it's not about the whole congregation. Sometimes it's not about the meeting that I'm in. Sometimes I came for one individual in that city, in that region, in that meeting, in that conference. You have to be sensitive to that if you're an anointer. And if the, and if the anointer is coming to look for you, you have to be found in the place you're supposed to be in. So when God is calling you to the wilderness, you can't run to the mountaintop. It's not going to work. You can't be in a separate place of where God would have for you to be and expect the results that God would have for you to gain. I'm talking to somebody because your life is about to pivot and God is about to send some anointer and maybe he's already sent it. Maybe you're listening to this broadcast because I am your anointer and through my words, the anointing is falling upon you and your life is changing tremendously just by listening to what I'm saying. I appreciate you for receiving me. I talked a little bit about Jonathan earlier, but let me dive a little bit deeper in the next seven minutes that we have to talk about Jonathan and then a couple of other relationships. And I'm going to come back on here in our next episode and conclude it, okay? Or at least talk more. This may be an ongoing conversation for, for 
weeks, I'm not sure. But Jonathan is someone that's your trainer um, for the royalty you're getting ready to walk into. God will send you trainers. And sometimes we mistake trainers as mentors and coaches and people play different roles. And so, yes, you can find somebody that does all of that. Uh, you know, I say again, I'm very grateful that God has gifted me in so many areas because I can father, I can coach, I can mentor, I can train all in one. But everybody is not wired like that. Right. And so sometimes God will send you different, different things in different people. And you have to be OK with that. Some people are just designed you to train you to reign. And so Jonathan was designed to train David to reign. That's why he took off his stuff and gave it to him. Jonathan was his up close person. Jonathan was the person that he could watch in the palace and knew how to act, knew what fork to eat with on the table. You know, he knew how to sit at the table. He knew those things because of Jonathan. Jonathan not only took off his stuff and gave it to David, he became David's trainer for royalty. And he knew that David was next. He knew that David was next. He, he understood that it was not him. It was going to be David. He was never jealous of David. He wasn't intimidated by Jason. He wasn't even mad that his father favored David in the beginning. So when his father changed on David, Jonathan continued to protect him and to help him get away from that palace before his father killed him. Jonathan was the one who helped him out of that out of that uh, palace before his father destroyed him. So trainers are very sensitive to moments. Listen, they're sensitive to momentum. They're sensitive to know how much you need in order for you to be who you need to be in that area. So that's the reason why when you come to a job, they put you in training and they, they activate a trainer. And that trainer is not your supervisor, not your manager, but they are a trainer. And, and sometimes, yes, they, it will be. Like I said, there are a multiplicity of things in me. I can do a lot of different things. I, I'm, I embody a lot of different gifts that people uh, have as individuals but a lot of times it'll be a different person you got a whole training department at most jobs that don't have anything to do with operations except for when they come into continuity so that they can produce a path for whoever's stepping into it right so <laughs> this is so good and i hate that we only got about four more minutes to unpack this I want to tell some of you, your current relationships will be tested in this season. I say that to you prophetically, but I also say that to you just from naturally understanding that you cannot have a relationship that that can, does not have the capacity to be tested. Whether that's father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter, mother, son, whether that is um, spiritual parents, whether that is the friendships, whether that is your marriage, it's, it's going to be tested. So one one thing one relationship that was tested for david is the men he led out of the cave of adullam he led these men out he trained these men he prepared these men but when ziklag got burned down and their wives and their children and their livestock were taken they wanted to stone david they wanted to take david out that those relationships were challenged david encouraged himself and then he turned around and he helped the men get their stuff back and they respected and honored david even more but david could have gave up on those men because they changed their mind about him in a moment but true leadership and true covenant says that we have bad days we have bad times but they don't define the totality of our relationship and then he had his wife michael now michael uh, she loved david 
she loved David and Saul gave Michal to David. David loved Michal as well. And when Michal, Michal came back to David, she came back to David. Saul had gave her away to marry somebody else. He was just that angry with David, just that intimidated by him. You know, that he would give his wife away and his wife stayed away a while. But when David came to reign, Michal, he asked for Michal back. And when Mikhail came back, her husband, her husband that she had married was chasing, running behind her crying. And she came back, but even coming back into the relationship, she did not respect what was on David because when he danced into the city with the Ark of the Covenant, she was just disgraced by it, you know? And so it showed that challenge in that relationship. She loved him. She wanted him. He wanted her. They wanted to be back together. She came back to him, but she could not handle his elevation because of his jubilation about what God had brought him into. So you got to be careful. Those relationships will be challenged. And she never gave birth. She never conceived. God shut up her womb because she did not handle that moment, that season correctly. We've got to be careful. God will leave you and allow you to maintain the relationship, but you may lose something in the process because you did not open up to what God wanted to do in that relationship. So therefore, God shut up your womb in an area you wanted to produce. Keep in mind, it was a disgrace for a woman not to get pregnant in biblical days. So that was a big deal. And then, like I said, his king Saul, and I'm gonna stop with this after I, after I do one more relationship. So I might go a couple minutes over than that, what I normally do. So just bear with me. King Saul was his king. He loved Saul. You know, I know that David, Saul loved David when he was his armor bearer because he was his resource. He was helping to get that spirit off of him. But he did not love David when other people started loving David because he then immediately became intimidated and jealous. You are only, if you stop growing as a leader, if you stop being a student, you are, you are subject to being jealous. If you stop obeying and building your own altar, you are subject to getting jealous of other people that come through the ranks. You know, one of the things I don't deal with is I don't deal with jealousy. I'm just not a jealous person, right? But there are several people that I run into that are jealous. And so there are several people that I know have encountered jealous leaders. So when they come into the ranks with me, they think like that already. And it takes a while sometimes to get rid of that mindset that this is not that. And you are not stepping into the same um, you are not stepping into the same venue. You are stepping into something fresh, something new, something innovative, and you are stepping into it with a leader that has a heart after God and that is continuing to develop. So there's no room to be intimidated or jealous by your advancement or your growth. So I wish we could all get to those levels and not be like Saul. Man, King Saul could have just mentored that young man and really raised him up. But he was so not ready for that because he has stopped building his own altar. He has stopped devoting to the Lord. He has stopped yielding to the Lord. He, he has stopped sacrificing the way he should sacrifice. And he started trying to operate out of a rank that he had not been graced for. He was no priest to act for sacrifice. He was supposed to wait on the prophet that was a priest in, by Samuel. And he messed up. And he, and he targeted David because he was replaced by David. And then the next relationship that was challenged, I'm almost done, so we probably be about a minute and a half over. And then we'll pick this up on our next episode. His relationship with Absalom. Man, it is, it is so, being a spiritual father, you know, and even a natural father, it is so painful 
when spiritual children or even natural children target you, when they come against you, when they when they turn their knives on you for no reason. When I mean, listen, Absalom, he did something wrong, and he he knew he, just because Amnon had. It ain't no just because because it was wrong for Amnon to rape Tamar, and that was his brother, and he he killed him. You know, he, he, he took him out, you know, because of it. And so he felt like his father should have taken care of that and dealt with Amnon on his own. And so there was a little bit of a resentment that rose up in his heart. And so he started to operate opposite of what he had been real. Now, granted, David should have done something about that. It's true, you know, but it does not give Absalom a license to sin against his father or to come against his father or to attack his father. That relationship was challenged and David did everything he could to keep from warring with his son. True spiritual fathers or true fathers just, just listen, true fathers are not going to fight their children. We might confront them on things, we, but we are not out to war with our children. We will back up from the relationship before we have to war with them. There have been people in my life that I still look at them and I think, man, I say, look at my son, even, even though they departed from me, or look at my daughter. And the reason why I say that is because unconditionally, I know when God has given me somebody, you know, they don't always value it. They don't always look to it. Now, Absalom chased his father out of town. So his father was away and his father warned them, don't kill Absalom. They killed Absalom. That relationship was challenged. And they had to kill him. If they didn't kill Absalom, he was going to find a way to kill the king. The king was down. David was depressed. He was sad about that. But sometimes, guys, relationships come up under duress and stress. And there are things that we, with our good hearts and our focus, want to salvage that we cannot. And David would love his son forever, even after death. But he couldn't salvage that relationship because Absalom had begun to turn on him and there was nothing David could do about what Absalom felt and thought concerning him. I want to tell some of you as we draw to an end because we're, we're over a few minutes on our broadcast, but I want to tell some of you that there are some relationships that you need to be okay with. Even if it's your child, you need to be okay with backing up. It doesn't mean that you love them less. It means that if it's a fight every time, you need to back up because if there's no, if, if you are trying to implement reconciliation and they don't want it, you can't force it once they're grown. And, and David thought, he hoped, he just really wanted Absalom to change and to understand how much he loved him and valued him and how much he had plans for him to position him. Right? But God already has Solomon positioned. And Solomon never fought his father. He never came against his father. I want to tell somebody, God is getting ready to replace Absalom with Solomon. Honor is coming your direction. Listen, keep the right heart. You still can weep over what didn't go right for people you love, but you cannot force it. And you have to accept what God sends to comfort you and not create your own way to be comforted. So many of us do it. If we would wait on the Lord, our relationships would be absolutely incredible. God's giving some of you 
some covenant relationships. We are over five minutes because this was so good. I could not let go of it. So I'm telling you, from this day forward, remember that the way God's going to advance you in this season, he's not just going to raise you up as an individual. He's going to give you covenant relationships. He's going to give you teams of people. He's going to give you coaches and mentors, and he's going to give you mentees. He's going to give you valuable people that value you and that you can value, that honor you, that you can honor. Don't forget to invest. Don't forget to go through the difficult moments and not judge a moment as if it's the totality of the relationship. God bless you. And thank you so much for tuning in to Salutations and Importations. It's been an excitement and an honor to serve you. I'm your host, Antoine Braggs, and I am excited for you to come on this journey with me week after week as we unpack the different elements of not just relationship, but so many different things that God provides that we walk through scripture on. I'm telling you, you have got to get back here next week. I'm going to I'm gonna go deeper next week, all right? And I'm going to continue to talk in terms of those relationships. We're going to unpack more scripture because I can't wait to see what God... This is just January, and God is already doing amazing things in our lives. I can't wait to see the value of the relationships come back the value in relationships come back for some of you and for some of you getting brand new relationships that start out on a high level of value. God bless you and thank you so much for tuning in and we will speak next time on salutations and impartations. See you soon.